Welcome to the Grace Story Podcast, where inspiring stories are brought to life. This podcast is made possible by Grace College and Seminary, located on the shores of Winona Lake in the great state of Indiana. I'm your host, Dr. Drew Flam. This is the Grace Story Podcast. Today on our podcast, we have Dr. Kimberly Kroll. Dr. Kroll came to Grace in 2010 as a new believer and enrolled in the Masters of Divinity program. After graduating from Grace with her MDiv, Kroll earned her second master's degree in philosophy from Biola University before becoming a PhD candidate at the University of St. Andrews, during which time she also spent a semester at the University of Notre Dame as a graduate fellow. Since completing her studies at the University of St. Andrews, Dr. Kroll moved back to her home state of New York, where she works as a literature teacher at Stony Brook School, a private Christian boarding school. Additionally, she still finds time to work for Grace Theological Seminary as a faculty member in the DEPLOY program. This fall, the Grace Seminary faculty honored Dr. Kroll with the Young Alum of the Year Award, which recognizes seminary alumni under the age of 40 who have made significant contributions in ministry and or have made significant professional advancements in their career. Dr. Kroll, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I think you uh, I think you may be the guest on the podcast with the most initials after your name, um, considering all those degrees from all those different places. So uh, quite impressive, quite impressive. Um, and it's an honor to meet you. The faculty of Grace Seminary have um, discussed and talked about you and just what a fantastic student you were and impact you had on this campus during your time here and excited that you can still be engaged with the seminary. Yeah, Grace was definitely uh, was and continues to be a special place for me because uh, I was there as such a new believer. They got to really see me grow. So, yeah. I want to go back to that and talk a little bit about um, how you came to faith. Um, so t- tell me a little bit about your your life situation and how you came to know the Lord. And then what spurred you to decide to go to seminary uh, soon after becoming a believer? Yeah, so I will do the short story of the testimony because there's always, right, just like Paul, there's many versions depending on the context. Um, from New York uh, and mentality of work hard so you could play hard. So that was sort of my my lifestyle. I pursued philosophy, trying to find out the good what the good life was, trying to find out the righteous way to live. Uh, philosophy didn't have answers. Um, I was involved with drugs and alcohol, in an, which is horrible, but somehow that didn't affect my work or my schooling in a negative way. And I just got to a point where I realized that what I thought was righteous, what I thought um, I should judge people by were things that I couldn't even live up to. And uh, that really broke me a bit. And I I read some work by Kierkegaard uh, called Purity of Heart to Will One Thing. And that really focuses on James 4, where it talks about double-mindedness and and internal wars and why we war with other people. And that sort of helped me to see that I was a lot more confused and uh, moving on wandering paths than I actually thought I was. My mom had been going to church for a handful of years, 
And uh, I started asking her questions. She sort of nudged me on to come to church. I took a class, had more questions. Uh, the associate pastor started meeting with me one-on-one, discipling me, a hardcore sort of discipleship. And that was about nine months later, I was on a woman's retreat. And uh, I had a, I had like the epitome of what people would think of with a Jesus moment. It had been raining all weekend. It stopped. I was on the water. My shoes were already off. Skies opened up, sun came down, and the love of God poured over me. Um, So my life changed pretty drastically with that. It was undeniable. I was baptized about a month later. And and a month after that was when I started thinking about graduate school. Uh, My parents had been bugging me for a while, but now I wanted to know about theology because I think I found this truth that I've been looking for. I want to study that. Searched online. It sent my... um, my information to seminary. So it was one of these searches. And the first school to call me was Grace Seminary. And it was Lee Compson at the time. And Lee, bless his heart, um, talked to me when I was still very carnal and uh, a very fresh New York believer. And uh, he, I didn't even know what seminary was. I was asking him if it was a legitimate school. Like, was it a real degree? Was it accredited? Am I going to be able to get a job? I he was, it was probably one of the crazy, I've never talked to him about it. I I wonder how he perceived that conversation, but he was very generous, stayed on the phone with me for 45 minutes. That had a huge impact on me because that's not how the world works um, or a world without Christ. But about a month and a half later, I actually ended up going to Argentina for three months to teach uh, kids with word of life. So I didn't go to seminary um, that year, but when I had come back, Uh, And I knew, okay, I found the truth. If this is the truth, this is God, this is his word, I need to study it. And that was why I chose to go to seminary. Um, I was going to be in Indiana. um, And I thought to myself, oh, that seminary is there. I should go visit it. And I had drove up Lee again, met Lee again, um, was able to meet Dr. Christy Hill, spent some time with her, uh, met Dr. Uh, Jeff Gill, who was... uh, the dean at that time had lunch with him and he offered to bring me back for the scholarship competition. And I came back for that. And then um, just the funny story was I was sitting at the round table. Uh, they, they have like a dinner. First of all, again, I'm a female, I'm single, I'm from New York. I don't know Christian community. It was, it was a whole whirlwind of being in this environment. And they tell you to sit at these tables and most of them are husbands and wives. And they kind of say, people are going to come sit with you. So I'm sitting at this big table by myself and people start coming. Christy came with Jim and some other people. Um, and uh, there was a man sitting next to me and I didn't know who he was and we're talking and uh, I said, Oh, do you go to seminary too? And everyone started laughing and I knew I had stuck my foot in my mouth somehow. And he said, Oh no, I'm the provost. And um, I didn't actually know what a provost was, but I knew it was important and it was um Bill Kadip, obviously. Um, so, but then he said, do you, if you come, do you need a job here? And do you need to work? And I said, yeah, I need to work. And he said, what do you do? And I worked with ESL students um, at university in New York. And he said, oh, I, I received a resignation letter today um, for a job. Why don't you send me your resume? So before I got my official letter to Grace, 
um, acceptance letter. I had scholarship funding and a job. So it very much felt like God rolled out a red carpet and said, um, okay, so are you, are you going to, are you going to do this with me or what? So that's how I got there. Wow. That is amazing. And I, and I love your story of, um, you were obviously an intellectual and, um, that, you know, it, for you, it was, it wasn't just a changing of the mind, but it truly was a changing of the heart, um, which we know God can all only do. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just amazing to hear that testimony and, and somehow, some way how you got to, uh, Indiana. So, um, you come, you come to grace, you get here, um, to the cornfields from New York and, uh, you, you know, you, you're here for a few years working and teaching. Tell us, tell us a little bit about that, um, that time and, and how you saw yourself grow during those years at Grace, achieving your MDiv and, and what that time in your life meant to you. I mean, the amount that I grew at Grace, I don't even, I mean, I could go on and on and on because I grew in every which way. Um, I think in relationship to my classes, learning the word of God in um, sitting all of my professors. So I don't even like naming one because then I feel like, oh, I left out over here and I, I left out over here because all of them influenced me in different ways. But one of the things that was consistent is that in every class, um, at at least one point, I would have um, uh, basically they were classes in which I ended up worshiping God and not just learning about God. And often you hear about seminary, oh, like, you know, the old joke cemetery or whatever. And and believe I've actually I've seen this happen to people. I, I you know, this is that's actually true. Um but that wasn't what it was for me. Um, it was all of these sort of, it was like my, like layers being peeled away from my, from my eyes and, um, yeah, beautiful, beautiful things about the Lord. So that there's that aspect. I think, um, Christy Hill's classes, um, interestingly enough, I pushed back. I did not like this. I was, and you said it, I more, I'm more heady, um, I didn't like this idea of talking, of thinking about things in my past. You know, I thought, oh, those things are rubbish, like for the glory of Christ. You know, all things are rubbish prior to Christ. Um, But that's a very naive um, and immature way to think about life and how you're formed. And there were just some particular things that we did in her class that really opened my eyes to not just um, God is the redeemer in the sense of he saved me from death. He saved me from sin. But the fact that God is redeeming. So every wound I have, every scar I have, um, I can allow him into those things and he can cleanse them. He can heal them. He can make them beautiful for him. And those are things that I, I, I needed classes like hers to be able to learn community wise. The community freaked me out at first. Um, I mean, it was overwhelming. Um, I, again, I just have some, I just have some funny stories because it was so overwhelming to me, but, um, I remember at one point, uh, the Lord, uh, sort of, because I was, I was a little, um, I was sort of holding back from the community a bit because I was like, Oh, these people can't really be this nice. It can't really be like, they care this much. Like, this is strange. They smile all the time. We don't do that in New York. And um, 
I just remember this time sort of like where like the Lord's, you know, and it's, you don't hear an audible voice, but where you have sort of this, this revelation, this new insight that, you know, is a spiritual insight that God gives you. And that doesn't come from your own strength. And um, it was just sort of like, I call you into community and you have to trust that even if these people take your heart and slam it on the ground and step on it, that I am a God who is able to hold your heart, pick you up from the ground and carry you through that. And that changed everything with the way in which I could pursue people, the way in which I could risk myself in relationship and be vulnerable with people because it was, it it was no longer a fear of getting hurt because you're going to get hurt because people hurt you. Um, but God is, is more than able. So, I mean, it just, every, in every way, grace forms me. I mean, pastor, 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 I even want to call him pastor, um, professor Pugh, the prayer class, um, praying with him. And a funny thing about him too, is I had seen him, um, just recently I had gone there, even a, I think I was a year or two into St. Andrews. And I said to him, you know, I'm in St. Andrews. I don't really fit in there. Like talking about how it feels awkward. I'm not posh. I didn't come from this, you know, educational background like that. And, um, you know, I come from a blue collar family, all of these things. And this is how I knew he knew me well as well. Because he said, well, you know, Kim, you didn't really fit in here either. But we loved you and you loved us and God did great things. And first of all, I was like, well, Good he knows I'm not going to take that as like a crushing blow. Um, but it was more of, yeah, he, he knows me and he sees me. And um, and that's okay. And God does great things. So, yeah, in, grace, grace is fundamental in so many um, different facets of my, of my life. Yeah. What, what I um, hear from you is something I've experienced at Grace, which is, Right. A a Christ-centered community is not just um, how can the professors invest into you, but how do you, as somebody who's a new believer from New York, come in and impact this community? Uh, You have something to contribute and to help change us as a community. And that's what I've heard from faculty members like uh, Kimberly really was good for us because she brought a she asked hard questions um she didn't grow up you know in the church like many of our other students had and she had a philosophy background and she's bringing Kierkegaard in and she you know um like she's gonna she's challenging us which was good for them as professors and I just love that um dynamic of what truly community is uh that it's 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 investment in one another um and uh, I, mean, I feel like I could ask you uh, so many questions about your time at Grace, but I want to I want to keep going down the storyline of, you know, you you graduate from uh, Grace with your your MDiv, um, and you decide to attend Biola. Uh, getting back to those philosophy roots that you kind of started with, uh, what made you you know head west? Um, you know, I got halfway there and, you know, just got to finish the job or, uh, what, what sent you out to Biola for a philosophy uh, degree? And then I, and then I want to hear from there, you know, then it's like, well, now I'm going to go across the sea to, to St. Andrews. So tell us a little bit of your further educational journey. Yeah. So it wasn't as pretty of a red carpet to go to Biola as it was to come to Grace because I did not want to go, um, 
I, I did not want to pursue philosophy. So when I became a believer, I felt very much that philosophy had been something that had kept my mind captive for a long time. And it was definitely uh, used prior to Christ in a negative way. But while I was at Grace, I mean, the Lord broke that fear. Um, I, you know, your mind belongs to me now. You don't have to worry about that. Nothing can actually take your mind captive if you walk in me. Um, those sorts of things. Uh, so while I was at Grace, I felt a nudge that I was supposed to c continue education and it was possibly going the philosophy route, but I did not want to do it. Um, professors Soto, um, Harmon, and Ratza, all three of them were very supportive and sort of encouraging in, yes, we think you should pursue further education. Interestingly, they all kind of wanted me to pursue what they did, um, which I guess is a compliment. And uh, so when I was leaving Grace, I actually had applied for a ministry job um, and it was a six month application process. They had flown me out somewhere. I mean, I was at the very end of that process. Um, but it, I knew by the end of that process that that was not what I was supposed to be doing, um, but that I was supposed to go do this philosophy thing. After that six month process, they told me we had you in this position. It was, there was over 300 applicants and there was only two or three positions. They said, we had you in this position. We just decided last minute, we don't think you're the perfect fit for the team. It's someone else. Do you want to know exactly why we are willing to tell you? By that time, I didn't need to know because it was, I had already known through the Lord that that, it was clear that that was not what he was calling me to. There was reasons why I was pursuing that instead of education. Um, so I told them, no, like, God bless you. You guys are in prayer. You're pursuing the Lord. I trust that God is leading you in the direction that you are. I actually still have a little bit of a relationship with that ministry, which is interesting because I never actually worked for them. Um, I then applied to Biola because um, I had everything set up to go, but I didn't send it. I, I, I sent it and they contacted me the next day and said, we just happened to have our meeting today about for incoming students, um, you're accepted. So I had gone on this six month journey with this other thing to find out no. And the Lord just patience, teaching, grinding, all of these things, cleansing, 24 hours. Yes, you're going to California. So I went. Um, and uh, first year was hard. Um, I struggled to get a job. The Lord was just stripping me. I was overqualified for things. I had a job, but I wasn't making a lot of money. It's expensive to live in, in LA County. Um, it's expensive to do a second master's and I've worked through all my education. Um, and also studying philosophy. I was like, why am I talking about unicorns? Um, I, at that point I couldn't really see where the way things fit together. And eventually the Lord and studied with JP Moreland, um, great, great man. I know some people think he has some crazy theology and I think sometimes he does too, but he is a great man who loves Jesus. And, um, yeah, just came to realize that the Lord called me to love me, to love him with my whole mind as well. Um, and that meant knowing that he had my mind and that I could learn about the world and how things work. And that didn't mean that it was a threat to his truth or his revelation in the scriptures. It could actually facilitate ways for me to communicate that truth to a broader range of people. So um, I then ended up loving California. <laughs> The second year, it's beautiful there. There's mountains, there's beach. Um, I was teaching high school. 
at the time, I actually really enjoyed it. The Lord used it for me to be able to do some witnessing. Um, and so I didn't know at the end of that process if I was supposed to do a PhD. Um, and if I was supposed to do a PhD, if it was supposed to be in theology or if it was supposed to be in philosophy or if I should just go into the church because I, I've been trained in um, biblical counseling as well. So at that point, I had I, I figured I will just stay in California. I like what I'm doing. I like I, I really um, liked the environment and um, I'll stay for another year and figure it out. That's fine. And I actually had a professor there say to me. What you need to figure out is, are you a theologian who does philosophy or a philosopher who does theology? And I said, I don't even have to think about that. Of course, I'm a theologian who does philosophy because God is, is priority. So um, that actually answered that question quickly. During that time, I got a letter about St. Andrews that they had these fully funded PhD programs for analytic and exegetical theology, which would let me use my exegesis from grace, which I loved the languages. Um, I loved the grammar, like a grammar geek, and also use my my analytic tools from philosophy, which is not a normal, this is not a normal combination. So I applied um, and uh, got accepted uh, without funding, which the funding is a whole other story, which I won't go into because God does provide. And again, he wanted to use that to teach me and break me and all of those things. But that is what led for, to me going to Scotland. Now, were you um, were you actually in Scotland for that period of time or was it kind of a back and forth type of thing or were you studying there in country? OK, yeah, in country. And um Tell us a little bit about that experience, because now you'd spent, you know, uh, a few years in pretty Christian environments, both Biola and Grace College and seminary. And then you head overseas. And, and I don't I don't really know as much about what the St. Andrews environment would would be, but I'm, I'm guessing broader um, and, and cross cultural. So you, you kind of have those elements of it. So what what was that like for you in this educational journey that you were taking? Yeah, I think every place was different. So even when I was at Biola, I was in the philosophy department. And the philosophy department is different because that's a competitive philosophy department. Um, they're sure. sending kids to St. Louis and to MIT. I mean, it's a, it's just, if you're thinking about doing philosophy and you're a Christian, it's a good place to go. But that means you all, even there, there was a lot, there was a bunch of people who believed things that I didn't necessarily believe, but that environment was amazing because we were all for each other. There wasn't competition there. It was everybody trying to, because it was us working together for Christ. We want to go be in a secular philosophy department for Christ. We want to go be a voice in these environments that the voice isn't there. So very amazing sort of group. Scotland, um, uh, yeah. Um, so definitely more ecumenical than you see in the States across the board anywhere. Um, and I think that that's in a good way. And in, so I think there's both very positive things about that and very negative things about it. Um, St. Andrews is an interesting school because it is a secular university, but it has a divinity school. So I would equate it to something like a Princeton where you have a secular university, Ivy League, higher end, and then you have a divinity school there. Um, so there definitely is a realm of 
theology um, and and scholarship, let's say in biblical in biblical studies, that happens in one arena, and then there's like another group that happens in another arena, and um, they don't interact with each other very often. And one is known for being more liberal and one's known for being more conservative. I'll say that. Um, I think that what can be bad about the ecumenical sort of things that I saw there that were hard for me to see, I guess, um, were people who claimed Christ, um, who I didn't think knew him, um, or, and, or it's not even my place to judge, so I'll say it in a different way, claimed Christ. And behaved in ways that were not honoring to Christ at all, looking more like the world than they do Christ and being those who are possibly leading others. That was really hard. Um, or seeing people, um, I am talking about controversial things, I just realized that, I, seeing people who are, um, will say that they believe certain things um, on Sunday or in their church circle, but then their academic writing, they will not write those things. Um, I don't understand that sort of life. I mean, I'm proud of the people at Grace because I don't understand how, how, how people can, it's the, um, how people can live like that um, or, or getting funding from places in ways that maybe are not ethical. So, so there's these sorts of things that happen. And I don't think it's, it's just St. Andrews. I think that these are things that happen across the board. Um, but it's very, it's more surprising, I think, when um, it's people who are claiming Christ. Um, so I think there's that aspect. The things that are good. I think that there are, that a lot of times in the United States, and this is all my opinion, right? That a lot of times in the United States, there are disagreements and kerfluffles about things that are not the main thing. Um, and it actually reflects very poorly on Christ um, because the body is supposed to be unified around Christ and it makes it look like it's not. And people are human and they make errors. I don't think it, that determines one's salvation or not. Um, it's more of the reflection and there is something beautiful where I can say, um, I don't agree with your view of how you, I don't know. You don't think that first and second Timothy were written by Paul. I do. I can put that to the side and not worry about that. That's not something to die on. Right. Um, and I think in the States, people are willing to get really upset about certain things that aren't to die in. And I think we need to remember that we need to be careful about that. So I think that was really good for me. Also, I mean, I met people who would um, be Catholics, people who would be all different denominations, Anglican, Episcopalians, who specifically Catholics and Anglicans, ironically, who their adherence to the scripture and respect of the scripture was a lot closer to mine than people who were Protestants. So these are all the, the weird things that happen in a place like St. Andrews. Yeah. And that's what happens when you experience different cultures. It's, it's a, it's a, 
literally a different side of the globe, which adds a new dimension to your perspective and adds a new dimension to even your spiritual life. And um, plus kudos on using the word kerfuffle. I mean, that is, it's obvious you teach literature, you know, to, to bring up kerfuffle in a, uh, in a conversation. That's, that's phenomenal. Um, one of the things, you know, you were, you were bestowed by the faculty at Grace Seminary with the Young Alumnae of the Year Award. Um, and that means that, you know, you're still on your journey. This isn't the, this isn't kind of the end of the journey, looking back over all of it. You're, you're in the middle of the journey. Um, and so, you know, what, what are some, um, things that you hope to do with the unique journey that Christ has taken you on from new believer to MDiv to philosophy to PhD, um, you've been equipped very uniquely, you know, what are, what are some ways that you foresee possibly the Lord using that, um, in, in your life going forward, you know, when, in, in, uh, in a few more years, when we're at, you know, alum of the year, uh, conversation, what, what do you foresee? Um, so the thing is, is I don't actually think very much about those things, um, so because right now God has me teaching literature at a high school, right, which seems like, wait, I could have just I could have gotten this job, you know, midway through my MDiv. So why all this education? Um, I don't know. Uh, I whenever people sort of ask me uh, what I'm doing or what I think I should be doing all along the way. And I'm actually in a unique place right now in which I'm not in school. This is the first time I haven't been in school since I've come to Christ. So it's very weird because I always never knew what was going on. But it was like, well, I'm just trying to get this degree. That The degree seems to be giving me some sort of, I don't know, um, direction right now. But I always just say that God calls me and all of people to equip and evangelize wherever he places us. So right now he has me at the Stony Brook School. Um, and he has called me to equip and evangelize. So I will observe the environment and through the relationships I build with students or with faculty um, or whatever I end up getting involved with once COVID, uh, word willing, slows, um, I will seek to equip and evangelize. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I would like to get my, my dissertation published. Um, that's there's a little bit of talk about that. I would I would like to continue to do some writing um, and be active in the academic sphere. Um, I don't know if down the line I would um, seek to be in a university job. I mean, I would like to be teaching theology, right? So I would um, I would like to be teaching God's word. Mm -hmm. So. I do teach God's word on Thursday nights in a Bible study. Um, <laughs> so, but I mean, that's what I've been trained to do. And I think people at Grace, which that would have been very early in my walk, it was very clear even then that I love teaching the word of God, that God has um, in his grace given me some insight. Uh, and I would like to be doing that in, in some sort of context. But for now, he has me with a group of, you know, seven 13 through 16 year olds and we are learning the word of god so yeah 
I think what's really, um, and I'm I'm not surprised by your answer because it's obvious in hearing your journey that um, you have been somebody who has been, who has exemplified what it means to take a step of faith through the doors God opens, right? I mean, whether it's a, whether it's a random phone call from a school in um, Indiana or a uh, last minute hop to California or, you know, um, God directing overseas, you have walked through the doors faithfully that God has opened, not necessarily said, here's my 10 year plan and how this is how I'm going to get there. Um, so that's, uh, that's really neat to see. And um, one thing I want to ask about is you still have some engagement at Grace um, through the deploy program. So tell me what it's been like to like, you know, you're, you're now colleague uh, with your seminary faculty, what it's been like to stay engaged at Grace. Yeah. Um, I wish I wish in one sense that I had more interaction with uh, the other professors because with Deploy, I have a lot of interaction with Gabe Tribbett, which is great because um, I love Gabe and we were in um, our we had home group together back when I was in, in Grace. So I've known him for a long time. Um, Deploy has been great, I think, for a couple of reasons. One is, I again, I get to that's an area where I am getting to talk about the word and, and talk about scripture. And I'm, I work through their sort of um, biblical background sort of stuff. So that's really nice. Also, these are people in ministry, so they're hungry and thirsty for this stuff and it's getting put into practice right away, which is great. Um, yeah. And it's just good about to hear about people's lives and see how God is using this stuff and doing work in different parts of the U.S. Um, so that's, that's, yeah, that's really been great. And I mean, I always, yeah, when I was at Grace, I knew there would always be a connection there and that I would be sort of happy in some sense in relationship with the school in some capacity. Um, but yeah, I do actually wish that, that I had a little bit more interaction uh, with some of the, the professors, but Deploy is a great program. Um, and I'm thankful to be a part of it. Yeah. And to be able to keep sort of a more, um, this is a very tethered sort of um, connection and not just, oh, I go and visit. I do go and visit and stay with, with Christy and Jim, Christy Hill and Jim, but um, yeah. Well, I, I, I'm glad that you've been able to stay connected and we are um, grateful to have someone um, like you connected to us uh, to bring a different dimension to our community here at Grace. Um, last thing I wanted to ask you, just because uh, you're interesting and you're smart. So tell me uh, a couple things that you're, and it can be philosophy, religion, whatever you would like, a couple things that you're listening to um reading uh right now that you that you have found interesting so the thing is is you got to realize i just finished a phd <laughs> and i am teaching high school literature which is not what my specialty is yeah so i can actually tell you what i find interesting that i just taught today which is i mean we just in my english class went over jr uh, tolkien's essay on fairy stories. So he talks about fantasy and fairy stories. Um, and he sort of builds up and then says the Christian story is sort of the fairy story that all other fairy stories are grasping at. Um, 
so that's what I read today. But I mean, as of right now, I am just reading, I'm reading the Odyssey and I'm reading Sophocles. I'm reading some Shakespeare, um, but a lot of, a lot of literature. So I, I actually have sort of cut from the academic stuff. Um, and uh, I have to give a paper in March. So I will have to return to it at some point soon. But I, yeah, that sounds so horrible. I'm trying to think if I'm actually read. I'm not. I'm not reading actually anything. Theology. In that, you, know what? you might need a break after a decade or so, you know? I mean, I think it's okay. <laughs> That's exactly what it is, I think. Um Yeah, you know what I was I was listening to recently. This is more devotional. So yeah, I mean, I think I've kind of tempered. And I know um, that this was actually a loved devotional by the professors there one of my years, either my third year or my fourth year, which is Humility by Andrew Murray. So that's more of a um, actually, I normally think of him as a devotional writer, but he's, he is very deep. And this book in particular is is theologically rich in a way that I didn't realize. So I, I, I have listened to that. Um, but yeah. Well, thank you for that recommendation. And thank you for spending some time with us today and just telling us a little bit of your story and, and the journey God has had you on. And we look forward to seeing uh, what the Lord has for you in the future. I do too. Yeah. And thank you to all of you for listening to the Grace Story podcast today. Music was written and produced by Dr. Wally Brath, Professor of Worship Arts at Grace College. Thank you to Andrew and Rick, our co-producers. And if you could do us a huge favor and rate or comment on this podcast wherever you retrieved it from, we would be so grateful. Until next time, live your best Grace Story today.